You're listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, with special sponsors, Rode Microphones, Source Elements, Studio Bricks, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. The VoiceOver Hour podcast takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. The VoiceOver Hour podcast will be dropping every Tuesday. It'll be up to an hour long, some interviews more, some less, and I'm going to be talking to wonderful experts in the voiceover industry who are going to share their stories as well as share information and advice for you. I started the VoiceOver Network five and a half years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together to help and support each other, to get the right information, and to strengthen this amazing industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals, and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. This episode was recorded on the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio, the amazing all-in-one podcasting console from Rode Microphones. Hello and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. We have a very special guest joining us today, the fabulous, the amazing Laurie Allen. Now, Laurie is a well-known voice actor and voiceover coach, as well as an awesome human being. Uh, Credits include the voice of Pearl Krabs in SpongeBob SquarePants, Diane in Family Guy, Bonnie's mum in Toy Story 3 and 4, uh, the Invisible Woman in Fantastic Four, and the boss in Metal Gear um, Metal Gear video game series, plus loads more, and tons of commercials, promos. Oh, and she's also in Friends, which I think is very, very cool. Welcome, Laurie. Thank you. Thank you, lovely Rachel, for having me. Congratulations on the podcast. This is awesome. You. Thank you so much for joining us. It's um, it's always an honour to talk to you, and we're good friends, so that's that's always lovely. And um, yeah, it's great to great to have you on this podcast and, and talk to the world and and share share stories and things, which is great. share share with everybody what you and I talk about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? yes. Well, not everything. <laughs> not everything. Not everything. Exactly. That would just be TMI. But yes, go. there's a lot of like soul sister connection that we talk about how to get through this business and any business and life in general. So I'm always, I'm always wanting to talk about that, especially now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So getting kind of started. So, I mean, you come from a performing family, don't you? Yes. I always like to say I came out of like a a circus box. Um, (laughs) So um, my parents met at theater school. So they were theater majors with radio minors and, um, my dad, my mom went off to just work at this amazing repertory theater and my dad did too. And then he um, moved more into opening up, uh, opening up his own advertising agency. So that was really cool. And he would stick me and my sister in the commercials and even hire my mom once they were divorced. And um, my mom became like a booth announcer and it was before everybody had home studios. So she'd get in the car and run down to the, you know, talk about breaking news. And we lived um, outside the DC area, Washington DC area. So. Um, just tons of theater for her. And I just remember growing up and like 
like, you know, being on the set with my dad or watching him splice commercials or um, my mom throwing crazy cast parties and learning how to make like, you know, all these crazy drinks to give to people and they'd come over after the show. And I was like, that's why I'm a late to bed person later to rise because we'd have these crazy cast parties at our house. Um, and I and I know that if I had said, you know, mom, dad, I think I want to be a doctor or a lawyer, they would have been like, absolutely not. You know, you need to have juggling and tap dancing as a backup. So, um, yeah, so I'm grateful to have that encouragement and that support to this day. And, you know, it's hard because I think a lot of folks don't always have that. And um, so you've got it's like you got to find your tribe and your people who totally hold you up and support you. It's not that you don't appreciate your family. They just may be from a totally different mindset. It doesn't make them bad people. It's just that you got to find ways within yourself. And that's why what you do is so great in the voiceover network and friends in and out of the business who just like, are like, whoop, whoop, you know, hold you up about being a crazy creative artist person. Definitely. definitely. And so, I mean, I guess because you, you started at such a young age, did you ever sort of have a moment where you sort of felt like, wow, like I've, I've arrived or, I think it was like when I was five, there was a production like in kindergarten, I think. And it was like three blind mice. And I remember I'm not especially I'm only like five, six. I think I lie and say I'm five, seven for on camera stuff. But I I, but for some reason in kindergarten, I was taller than some of the other kids. And I got to be the mama mice or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I like this, you know, and um, I I knew literally when I was a little girl that that was just um, the way that I wanted to express myself And that's how I connected with other people and, you know, just having great dance teachers when I was little and great opportunities to be in the choir. I had a great teacher, Mrs. Baldwin, who was like, yeah, your voice is low. Because I would, my sister would make fun of me that I had this weird, like low voice. And my teacher was like, you're fine. So like in seventh grade, she stuck me in with the tenor section. I was like, cool, get to sit with the boys and get to (laughs) sing low notes. And so I don't think there was ever a moment when I wasn't thinking that this would be what I would do. Mm, absolutely and just on that you know I mean the the importance I think of teachers when when we're growing up I mean you know it's so important we all remember those great teachers and we remember the the terrible teachers and I I, you know I definitely feel like there were subjects at school that I I avoided because I didn't like the teachers and and I knew I had a math teacher named Mr. Slack I don't know if he's still alive or if he would ever hear this but he (laughs) would throw stuff across the room we'd be like I'm just trying to figure out this algebra problem but it's like I'm so bad at math. I probably wouldn't be great at math. Let's let's be let's be clear on that. But he would like throw stuff and we were like, oh, my God. So, yeah, teachers are everything. Teachers are everything. And I just admire them. They are essentially, you know, our other frontline workers. Yeah. In so many ways. And it's like, you know, one thing that a teacher will say to you that either sort of holds you back or builds you up will stay with you for the rest of your life, the rest of your life. And it just goes to like being kind and never withhold a compliment or something that you could share in a nice way that would help someone. It's so important. Definitely, definitely. Because you also, I mean, you also teach and I teach and we both, you know, run workshops and, and, and I, yeah. And I, what I always feel is that, you know, if I can, if I can help someone, you know, to change their life or, 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 or do something positive with their life, you know, that's, that's such an amazing thing to do in the world. I think so too. I think, again, it's a sort of, um, it's a way of like holding each other up, you know, and like different, different folks take in um, learning like different ways. Some people are very audible, like, you know, I'm so audible that I will like, my dad's like, stop making fun of my East Coast accent or whatever. So um, 
you know, it's some people find their way in through acting or or improv or in in our particular profession. But I think that I get such a thrill when when you can have a a client just go like, oh, yes. Oh, I found it. I you know, it's 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 in the acting. Let's just say for animation, you know, it's not about the funny voice. It's about what would that character? What would you do in those situ in that situation in this copy, even for commercials, for promo? Like, how would you say it? But for animation, we get focused on having this fun, wacky voice that then the acting the acting has to come first. Yes. And so when I can help somebody find their way in and have that sort of aha, you know, moment, you're like, yay. Yeah. I love that because it also just helps me. It's it's quite selfish. <laughs> well, we do. Yeah, you, le- you learn. I mean, as a teacher, you learn a huge amount. And um, yes, yeah, which is amazing. And, and I love that point about the fact that so in, in voiceovers, you always start with the acting. Always. And you bring your humanity, your point of view, your feeling about this person, place, thing, product, action that's happening, that's going on, that you're talking about. And then, you know, with voiceovers in particular, as you know, commercials are sometimes hard because introducing the all new, you know, on sale now, like, how do you put your your spin as just you, Rachel, you, me, Lori? Like, how do you, you know what I mean? So yeah. there is always some acting going on, even if it's the, all the more so, especially if it's copy that's very retail very selly. How do you put your spin on that? How do you just like give some information, especially with this very conversational, real read, this not as, you know, energetic, high, you know, high energy read. And there will always be those high energy reads. But um, yeah, the acting um, and like, especially like you have to bring how you feel about something to whatever you're talking about, you know. And then again, then the, the words become almost secondary in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, and I mean, you've worked on you've worked on so many awesome projects, so many awesome animations and films and commercials and promos. Uh, I mean, it's probably difficult, but do you have like a favorite? Is there anything that you kind of feel like, you know, that's that's. Um, I, I do still love Pearl Crab so much because the SpongeBob is going into like year 21. Wow. And then there's the pre-show when I get to be a baby, which is like. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, being on Family Guy for a dozen years, that that's that's never a bad thing. And that character is based on my mom when she was talking about the news. Um, Wonderful. In terms of on camera, I had a really interesting, I did Father of the Bride, was it two? Father of the Bride, oh, I think it was Father of the Bride 2. And I got to work with Eugene Levy, who is a brilliant comedian. And mm-hmm. um, I think I, my character was, it, it was from some other country. We didn't even know it was like made up. It was very funny. <laughs> And so I got to improvise with like Steve Martin and Eugene Levy and a wonderful comedian wow. actress, Nora Dunn. She was on SNL over here. And um, and it was so fun because we were in a scene where we wanted to buy Steve Martin's house. And so Eugene Levy played this like, eh, we don't know what country he is from. But it, you know, I mean, literally, it was it was like Russian meets French. It, I don't even know what he what the, what it was. So it was this weird combo. Of, so his accent, so the way he spoke was this, what accent he, you know, went into was hysterical. So I was like his sort of subservient wife. Um, and he basically, there's this one funny moment I remember where he said, um, <laughs> he said, my wife wants flour dishes. And I was just supposed to improvise something. And so I just pretended I was holding a dish. And I was like, you know, just sort of showing Steve Martin that I love the flour dishes. And then he was like, and he improvised, like, shut up. Of course, I don't think we'd be, you know, doing that kind of, you know, shut up to your wife thing now. But, you know, who knows? But that was so fun because 
the audition was like, can you get here now in person? There wasn't like self tapes. Like, you know, we don't like there used to be a day when we'd go to your agent's office to record and to outside casting places. Same with on camera. So um, they were like, she's ethnically ambiguous. So just show up and just improvise. And I was like, I love that. I know so many people now who want to over prepare that then you have no spontaneity, no like room for like these wonderful moments to just happen organically. So that, so I had to go like improvise, like on the spot in the middle of the street where they were shooting in Pasadena here in California. And then they were like, can she come back tomorrow and pretty much do the same thing? So that was one of the funnest things. And then I remember Steve Martin had like a puppy. He had like a couple puppies he had just rescued in his trailer. And I was like, I love you, Steve Martin. Um, That's one of my favorite moments. Um, When I was here early on as as a, as a young wee lass, um, I did a movie with Whoopi Goldberg, this movie called, what is it called? Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it for right now for some strange reason. It was her and Drew Barrymore and someone else and I'm having a total brain fart. But um, <laughs> it was, why can't I remember? Oh, so, yeah, I People will be listening to this. They'll be shouting at the, uh, yes. the audio because you That's guys right. are sure listening um, will know. Boys um, who, oh crap, I can't remember. But um, I had to be like this sort of like Jersey girl with like, you know, big attitude, big boobs, big hair, you know, and, you know, typecasting. And then um, I had to, um, you know, just like any good actor, like uh, you to, I had to, basically I was supposed to be interrupting uh, Boys on the Side. I think that's it. And the name I'm thinking. Yes. So I had to basically interrupt Whoopi whilst the opening credits, she's singing you know, the Janis Joplin song. Her band was like, you know, take another little piece of my heart now, baby. So I had to basically just be loud and drunk and chewing gum and just making out with some guy. And first of all, that was really fun. A lot of improv, too. But it was like the director was like, OK, so, Lori, this is you know, it's like, you know, your call time is like 530. You get out of hair and makeup. You're on set at 645 a.m. Supposed to be evening, supposed to be tipsy um, and make out with a perfect stranger. So that was fun. <laughs> That was really fun. Those early memories I have are so much fun. And then, you know, we're all obsessed with friends, including me. And Joe, yes. uh, Joey, Matt LeBlanc, who plays Joey, was the nicest. That's just such a lovely human being. Like, he came out and talked to all the extras. People, you know, I was an extra. And so to have people sort of put them in a second-class situation, it's just ter- terrible. Mm-hmm. Any good AD, second AD, uh, person who's a series regular, like hold those people up. Like they're making your show yeah. happen, people, you know, yeah. um, not just about the, 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 the series regular. So he was wonderful. He went out and introduced himself to all the guest stars, the co-stars, the stand-ins, the extras, anybody who happened to be, there's like, I'm Matt, nice to meet you. This is after they'd been on for, you know, 15 years. I don't, I don't know exactly, but for a long time mm-hmm. and like the rest of the cat. And he was also in my scene, but he did it anyway. Yeah. You know, I, so it was just, it was lovely. And then um, I said, hey, I'd love to try, because I had to wax his eyebrows, right? I forget what the damn premise is. But I just said, like, do you want to do some like physical comedy where I kind of, you know, maybe because he puts his hand in the wax and it like burns him. He's like, ah, and then he backs yeah. off. And I was like, can I do this thing where maybe, are you okay if we tried this thing where I kind of bring you back? And he's like, yes, yes. Well, what ideas do you have? And so that we totally kept it in. Awesome. So improv and being in the moment and being able to just play and, um, the worst thing he could say was no, you know? Yeah. yeah. So in terms of, I mean, your yeah, an incredible career. Um, and so you obviously, you're obviously very good at auditions and booking work. And, and so you talked about 
don't know about that. Like, you just do your you just do your best. You know, it's a yeah. big numbers game at this at this point. This you know, but yeah, I mean, you just do your best. And um, the at bats are different for for me at this age. But um, yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted your. I interrupted you with something lovely you were going to say. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was just going to sort of ask about sort of advice for people listening um, in terms of auditioning. I mean, do you have? What, what would you say, because, you know, yeah, you've, you've worked on some incredible things. Um, so, yeah, what audition advice do you have for people? Um, well, a couple of things, especially pertaining to the time we're in now, um, as long as this wonderful podcast will will last, of course, till yes. the end of time. But we know that we're in the middle of a huge pandemic. And so yeah. it's really helped me to remember to, um, I just need to be a badass for 40 minutes, to not do any more than four takes, to leave my... Can I say a bad word? It's not like horrendous, but to leave my stuff at the yeah. door, so to speak. <laughs> so your closet, your booth, wherever it is that you record, um, leave whatever's going on and leave the perfectionism outside because where you stumble in a script may be where it seems to the client that you're taking a meaningful pause and it were making a more realistic read. So I think that knowing that there's no, there's no perfection, the client, the casting director, the creator of the show, the advertising agency, like they don't know what they want. They have a sense, um, but they don't always know what they want. That's why they're auditioning hundreds of people. So you may as well just bring you and your humanity and your point of view about what you think. Of course, honoring what the writer's intentions are. Um, Like last night, I got this crazy, I'm in my booth so I can look at it. It was so weird. The casting note was saying something like, um, we know the writer has a very fine detail on this. Don't overthink it. Look at his technical notes, then ignore it and bring your emotion and humanity to a very technical script. That was a note that I got. <laughs> so you're going to get weird direction. You're going to get a specs that are longer than the copy itself. You're yeah. going to get no direction. Um, you're going to have, you know, scripts that you hate, but we, we can't hear that. We have to feel, you have to, there's, you know, and it really comes down to the acting. Um, I got back into class. I got back into acting class recently. I was like, I'm a teacher, but when was the last time I was in class? Yeah. So I'm taking a wonderful class. And um, I really do believe it pertains to animation, to really anything, even to mm-hmm. promo. Um, certainly to like ebooks and narration and all that kind of stuff is you can't have too much of an opinion. Sometimes you're just giving, you know, more information and sort of supporting the story or the copy itself. But, you know, how, how can you bring your humanity? Like, let's say you've, you know, have an audition. Like I have three, four last minute things that came in today as I'm sharing with you. So how can I just do my best and leave my perfectionism the hell out of the equation? Yeah. Yeah. And that is huge. If I could have told my younger uh, actor self, that's what I would have said. Just do your best, do you. And, um, and stop trying to think of what they want. Again, Mm -hmm. of course, honoring the script that it has to come in at 15 seconds or that, you know, make sure the technical jargon is a little bit more brighter or very real read. Add in, I'm looking at something now. It just says, we want a fun voice, not too voiceovery, but adding in still energy with a little mischief mixed in. So I've started to do this thing where I read the copy first and then look at the specs. Because this, if, if I print out a script, let's say, and I, uh, and I immediately think I have to put it on the stand and read it, I have to like walk around I become someone that now sort of improvises and rehearses and just looks for, I just need to reread it, reread it, reread it, reread it so that the words are just, um, again, what I was alluding to earlier, they're almost like secondary. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Like 
I feel like um, because the minute I start to get result oriented about, you know, it's um, nature wants its candy back, like whatever it's for. I'm going to have some preconceived notion of what I think it should sound like and what they them yeah. on the other line. You know, client, producer, casting would want instead of just doing like what I I so I always read the script first, then look at the specs and then say, screw it. I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, again, honoring yeah. what 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 is asked of me. Um, so I, th- I love that. That's such a good tip to kind of, to, yeah, read, read, the, read the script first and then go and do the specs. Like, yeah, I think that's, that's brilliant. And it's a brilliant. Yeah. And I think, again, with animation, um, with animation, trying to also, same thing, there's got to be a big pre-life that's going on, like what just happened in the scene. And yeah. it's not going to be written there for you. So you have to make it up most of the time. Sometimes you'll get a scene or you can see what the other characters' lines would be saying. But I would say 70% of the time you don't. Mm-hmm. So you have to fill that all in so you can ask yourself a question. You, It's very important to know what just happened in the scene before I'm speaking. Why am I speaking now? Why is this character speaking right now, saying these words for the first time again? So you're not, you know, you're not like, oh, say it's a little snotty-nosed boy. Then if I'm just like focused on the boy's voice or whatever, if I'm like this deep, rich Russian queen, something like this, then I'm just going to be focused on the voice. What just happened? Why am I speaking what am I in pursuit of? And it just doesn't, it's not like heavy drama. It's, you know, animation and cartoons and stuff are really fun, but you yeah. still have to be in the scene. And what do you want from this person? What are you in pursuit of in the scene? And half the time it's not going to be written. It's going to be implied or you've just got to make a choice. Yeah. So you have to feel confident. And I just feel like you have to be a, you have to be a badass for like 20 minutes at a time. When you go into your booth, if you've done more than four takes, you're done. You're going to overthink yeah. it. Get out of the booth. Should never yeah. be past four takes on anything, unless it's an audiobook, e-learning where you've got to get, you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff in. Awesome. I love that. And it's it's really interesting. So, you know, the the power of the voice and 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 the nuances and just, you know, the difference that that it makes, the huge difference that it can make to your voice and to your delivery by just knowing in your head, just creating it, just saying to yourself, okay, this just happened, this is going to happen. Or, or the other thing that, you know, for me works really well is seeing it, you know, closing oh, my yeah. eyes and seeing, you know, especially things like video games. You know, if I Absolutely. can close my eyes and see that I'm on the battlefield and I can see, you know, the trees and there's a mountain there and there's a stream and, you know, and you can feel the wind and what does it smell like? And, and Right. You know. I mean, Mary, Mary Lynn Wisner, who, whom I love so much. And oh, when I, I was doing my, redoing my commercial demo and I was it was like for Lara Bar, something healthy and yummy, like how we eat. And she was like, can you just pick up your phone and observe, pretend like you're just looking at the back of the thing and just observe the action. Same thing, like even with a car commercial that would tend to be more retail right? Just instead of like the all new Toyota Camry, right? That's that's even a bright read for what is trending right now. So if I can just see it and I can talk myself in again, Mary Lynn has taught me that beautiful, um, that beautiful skill. I owe her my whole career, most likely. Um, but to sort of talk yourself in and be like, I've been meaning to get a hybrid. No, I got the hybrid last time, but it was a Prius and I got in three accidents. But I've always loved, I love, I love Toyota. It's actually a really doable car. So the all new Toyota Camry hybrid. So you've already been sort of talking yourself in as Mary Lynn has always suggested to me so that I have an opinion about the thing and observing it. Like you said, can I observe the product, the, you know, the pajama bottoms on sale, you know, at Old Navy? Can I, can I imagine myself in them? Does it feel Christmassy? Can I add on an emotion as Mary Lynn has always taught me as well of like Christmas or mischief or, um, you know, um, twinkle in the eye, adding on an emotion to what's going on in the, in the script. And then, like you said, 
you know, can I observe also, like, if I'm playing an evil queen and I've locked my princess up, like, you know, Rapunzel style or whatever, and I mm-hmm. see some prince trying to climb over the, the wall, trying to get to her, and my first line is something like, you know, over my dead body, Sir Lancelot, will you ever get it right? You yeah. have to hear how I feel about her and him. So I have to put myself exactly like what you said in the situation. And, and we need to we need to hear. We need to hear that character seeing him. So like, <gasps> oh, Sir Lancelot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we that already we need to hear you see him, have an opinion about him, have a good vocalization before you start, especially in animation, because everyone else is going to go, oh, Lancelot. Maybe she's lusting after him. Maybe she's tipsy. So she's like, (laughs) she slept with his father, the queen, whatever. Right. So how do we feel about that person, place, thing, event? And it's not going to be there. So beautifully, like you said, be in that thing. The mic just happens to be there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. And then just um, in terms of networking, how how important do you feel for your career? How important is networking being? I think it's. A good rule of thumb, I, I you know, it's union over here, so it, it might be a skosh different. But I just, one thing is like being just a good, kind person and saying thank you, doing your job and getting out. Um, and that that that's may sound simple or even snotty, but I think that goes a long way to, um, to say thank you and a follow-up thank you. And I think sometimes when we do marketing and we bombard people, it, it almost like reverses the good job you did. So I think letting people know what you're up to, wishing them well, a simple thank you so much. It was, it was a pleasure. Period. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, you know, even here, check out my new demo because I did it. No. I mean, maybe if it's something like a regular client or something like that, and it's funny and it's warm and it's engaging, that's it. Otherwise it's, it's, um, it's about building relationships and being kind so that, you know, leave them wanting more and be like, God, that Rachel is so hurt. Like you, like just infectiously bubbly and kind and nice and thoughtful and versatile she could do anything let me have her back in she was a pl- just a joy to work with oh, nice definitely and you, you're absolutely right and the two two magic words that that people don't say enough which is thank you yeah how hard is it it's like so my old simple. therapist used to say about my relationship that went down the, the tubes but she was like how hard is it to say i'm sorry you yeah. know i mean it's you know my ego wants to get in the way all the time and be like no do you want to be right or do you want to be happy you know, I was like, well, I'm right. So of course I want to be happy. And God forbid you should say, you know what? I'm really sorry. Yeah. So sorry. Um, not be a doormat, of course. It's not that. But if you need to make a quick amends, then I'm then I'm terribly sorry. Let's how can I fix that situation? I feel like yeah. that goes for all areas. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously this industry, you know, there are the highs, the lows, the roundabouts, the the craziness. And how do you, yeah, how do you deal with with the with the tough times in the industry because we all go through times that you know when when the phone stops ringing and yeah i, I mean yeah. that's yeah i mean and again during this pandemic i even hate the word pandemic it sounds yes. so dramatic but it is yeah. a pandemic yeah you know you're in the uk i'm in the us where things are a big poopy mess um but in general again i have to tell if i could tell my younger self this and my now self uh constantly I have to remind myself that to not take it personally. It is a numbers game. They don't know what they don't know what they want. So you have to pretend there is no they. And then for me, it just comes down to self-care. Did I do, did I feel I did a good job today? Especially when times are tough. You know, I've lost a few people. People are sick. I'm tired. Four auditions at the last minute and I'm stressed, but in a good way, grateful for the opportunity. I just need to take a deep breath, 
So I try to meditate more. I don't do it perfectly. I didn't do it yet today. But um, did I sit down? It's funny. I sat down and took like 10 deep breaths because I know we were, you know, trying making sure our audio was right and everything. Yes. So I was like, can I just go? That's one breath. Mm. So 10 of those feels like, you know, a trip to Tahiti. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yes, I am I eating do. right? Am I, you know, am I eating right? Am I exercising? Yeah. Am I also turning off my brain and getting the hell off my devices? Like for me, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, just sort of like a, you know, a tangible thing to, to help. And um, because I feel like as creative people, as empathic people, you know, I know my brain, especially with the news, it's just too much. So on, you know, there are times where I can like take in the news enough to be informed. And then I I can't have toxic people, places or things around me. And you can't always, you can't always do that. You can't just cut that out of your life. And this business is inherently narcissistic. So what am I going to do for myself? I'm going to check in with my friends and see how they're feeling, how they're doing Um, and stay connected to a tribe of people that really get you. And, and sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes those, those relationships change. So nurture the relationships that feed your soul and like sleep, the basic things, food, sleep, exercise, some kind of spiritual practice um, for me, help keep me grounded because I tend to certainly run anxious. So that's, that's a no brainer. Um, So that's, you know, if I can slow down and connect with people and I'm, and I'm an extrovert, so people are my thing. People are my healing, Yeah, but that's not always the way, you know, extroverts you know we get our energy from other people you're an extrovert and um and it's tricky during the pandemic yeah tell me about it yeah because we you know we can't go out and do our you know yeah so if I need to get on the floor in a fetal position and have a good cry I mean your your voice always sounds fantastic by the way after you have a good cry encourage everybody to have their feelings because otherwise you'll overeat over drink over under sleep you know so it's just that those basic self-care in general, especially right now. And then, like I said, just in general in life, I feel like, and, you know, those, those, those simple principles, we don't do them perfectly, but I think that, that, that certainly, that certainly helps, you know, is, is again, trying to stay grounded and just massive self-care. And that looks different day to day Mm -hmm. because I'm also really hard on myself. I tend to be a big perfectionist. So if I can just say, wow, I didn't do the meditation I wanted to this morning because I got in a bunch of additional scripts and um, I have a plumbing issue in the house. Like life is life. Life is in yes. full session. So yeah. whenever we think like, hold on, let me carve out this perfect time. There is no perfect time. Forget the pandemic. That's life. Yeah. We yeah. have children. We have relationships. We have, you, we cannot be perfect. There is no such thing. Yeah. So when I'm, when I can remind myself that, then I'm off the hook to just do my very best. And mm-hmm. if I feel good about that, um, you know, in, in regards to my auditions and work, then then that's that's all there is. Life is too short Definitely. to just sit and flog ourselves about what we could have done, what we should have done, what we think they want. Just be present. And that's yeah. hard for me. That's my hardest thing is staying oh. in my body, breathing, yeah, being present. But no, you're absolutely right. And that's yeah, such great advice. This podcast is sponsored by Focusrite. Focusrite's range of Scarlet Audio interfaces has already helped make more recordings than any other interface in history. And with the third generation, you'll sound better than ever. The Scarlet is enabling millions of voiceover artists, musicians, podcasters, and content producers to record, mix, and playback audio in studio quality everywhere, all the time. Find out more at focusrite.com. 
and just picking up on that, I, I totally, the whole who you surround yourself with, you know, is so important. And every successful person in the world, that's, you know, whether you're a voice actor, an actor, an entrepreneur, you know, everyone always talks about who you surround yourself with is, is absolutely the key. Yeah, who um, also like, in all your intimate relationships, not just like husband, wife, partner, um, parents, siblings, but like, do they hold you up? Are they like, good job, Rachel? Oh my God, look what you've built with Voiceover Network, like podcasts and webinars and 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 all your posse of people and clients and students and how much you offer them and coming from a place of love and again just being kind, like, you know, I think we get. Um, I know I can certainly just get like almost defensive because I feel like overwhelmed and it's just coming from that place of like kindness and again find the people that hold you up and are just um, like good job. Good job. That was awesome. Ask how they're doing. You yeah. know, everybody needs to, everybody else needs holding up, especially yeah. now, but just in general. Are you able to not like, are you able to support them in whatever their endeavors are? Definitely. Definitely. And I love that. And I love the fact that you're, you're a strong, you know, woman and I'm a strong woman and that we, we support each other and we, you know, we, we compliment each other and, you know, there's no, you know, and, and I just think women need to be doing that more, you know. And, and right. Cause it's, it, we're taking one for the team, you know, yeah. we can build each other up. It's very powerful. I mean, yeah. like how hard is it to share a compliment or be like, nice job. I really admired that. Like I'm on a text thread with four of my best friends and everything from dating to parents getting older to the business, you know, we all, well, a couple of us do the same thing but someone's a therapist and, and like, how are you feeling about that? My friend lost her mom mm -hmm. to COVID in a nursing home in New York and it was just horrible. And then how did the date go? How is your job? Oh, you're going to take less hours or, or do this, you know, group therapy thing that she's running. And, you know, how did that go? Her, my friend feel like her, one of her horses is, has a back issue and the horse can't be ridden. And so she's devastated. You know, how's that go? Like check in on people. How are you yeah. doing? How's that going? And when we hold each other up in highest esteem and be each other's cheerleaders, especially as women, we are powerful. And we just, the energy just, you know, women rule the world. Ooh, we rule yeah. it. So, you know, it's, it's a sense of, of, of like purpose and, and connecting. And we're naturally maternal unless we're just sociopaths. So we may as well <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hold up and check on each other and support each other and through, through good times, bad times, even if there's conflict, yeah. but to, to hold each other up and, and all that, I think is like you said, it's just, um, is just, you know, helps, helps team, team women go Definitely. and grow. Yes. Wonderful. Wow. You are incredibly inspiring, Laurie. Uh, I know that yeah, lots of people Thank are going to be listening to this like, wow, what what fantastic advice. And, and you've been a speaker over. You, we, we brought you from L.A. to London. You came and you spoke at a voiceover conference. Thank you so much world. for having me. I love the oh. people that I've met, not only just you, but all all the ladies and gents that I've met through your wonderful people. And it's an it's a testament to you of who you've attracted, you. because like attracts like. Right. Yeah, so, thank you. yeah. Which is so wonderful. I'm just grateful for all the lovely opportunities and people that I've met through you. So I'm grateful. Oh, thank you. Well, what I wanted to ask is you're very inspiring and you inspire lots of people and lots of people listening are going to be incredibly inspired by you. Um, who, who inspires you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, hmm. There are certain artists that have inspired me for t blazing, you know, their own paths. Mm. Um, Lily Tomlin is an amazing yeah. um, actress who's written her own material. Like Whoopi Goldberg, I remember seeing both of their solo shows on Broadway. 
who didn't take no for an answer being a gay woman, a black woman, um, you know, um, and in terms of like, you know, just flat out comedy like Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball, who both had their own shows and own production companies. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's very inspiring to me yeah. and not waiting on someone else um, yes. to determine my career yes. and what path it should take. Um, and then my friends inspire me. My mom inspired me as a as a, a single mom, even though we certainly saw my awesome dad and, and stepmom, because, you know, my dad was remarried when I was like maybe in seventh grade. But um, watching, you know, both parents do things yeah. separately and in a different way. Um, that's hard. That's not easy. And um trying to think who else is, you know, people that give back, um, you know, like you, I'm vegan. So I appreciate yes. when people, I don't like to, it's going to get all, I don't mean to stir, to ruffle any feathers, pun intended, but I don't like to eat deaf. And I want to yeah. have like live, healthy food in my body. Um, we produce enough cholesterol as it is without eating yeah. animal products, which is all cholesterol. And I'd rather leave them be and not take in their <gasps> before they are humanely slaughtered doesn't go together. Yes. Those two words don't go together no. for me. So, um, Anyone who's rescuing animals, um, doing something for the environment. I think there's so many people from so many walks of life that I feel like have inspired me because they they want to do something that makes the world a better place. Um, yeah. There's um, a show that I had the good fortune to be a part of called New Day, New Chef. And like my friend Jane Velez Mitchell, um, who like came out of the closet, got sober, you know, went vegan for health, like all the, all these amazing reasons. And then now she's, you know, she's a huge activist who has her own show about recipes so that, you know, everyone, this, you know, people will actually see that is, isn't a trend. It isn't a phase. It's actually yeah. helping the environment before we don't have one yeah. <laughs> any longer. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and, you know, they always say like, well, if you're helping animals, what about, what about the children? What about the homeless? There's no end to compassion. So yeah. if reading to old folks and, um, you know, donating clothes and making sure, you know, are you tutoring in your spare time? Like a lot of us don't have a lot of spare time, but there's like at least an hour during, during the week where you can even just share on social media. Yeah. Like a friend of mine, my handyman was like, I, I found this little Maltese and I just lost my dog and I was too nervous to get her. He said, can you put me in touch with someone as she barks? I don't want to know if I want to, um, I don't know if I want to keep her. And the woman from this great rescue barking bitches where I rescued my new doggy from, she was like, sure, I'll help him. And, and I gave him a few tips. And he's like, you know what? Thank you. I, I'm, I'm going to keep her. So it's like, Aww. whether it's people, animals, the yeah. planet, like just, you know, there's no end of compassion. So, yeah. you know, I, I have one client who works with immigration here in the U.S. and gets kids here safely and gets them to their oh. foster homes. Wow. So making sure kids are okay, animals are okay, the environment is okay. I think that also helps with the the neuroses and the ups and downs of this business too, is are yeah. you giving back? Or are you doing something? Yeah. Um, and so that you're staying inspired and then maybe yeah. you'll inspire somebody else. Wonderful. I love that. I love that because yes, you know, what we do outside of voiceovers has a massive effect on our voiceovers and we need to live yeah. rounded, full lives as well. Yeah. So. And then you have uh, something to draw on. You have, yes. you know, you have love, you have loss, you have compassion, you have empathy, you have humanity, you have, jealousy you have you know you have all these emotions to call upon for your acting yeah definitely definitely yeah. i love that wow amazing laurie um a last kind of a last piece to kind of leave this podcast what would you like to is there anything you want to leave with everybody uh, well, i i'm listening to you i love imitating rachel you're so <laughs> enthusiastic i was like oh yes 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 laura i can't wait to talk to you right so for animation i think it's so great um, it's more of a tip that I hope is helpful because when it was 
imparted to me from my mentor, Charlie Adler, who's insane. And I love him so much. And he's brilliant. And he just is like, free yourself up by finding characters that always live inside of you. Like, what did what did my younger self sound like? What is my old lady self going to sound like? You know, what is she going to sound like? I'm making myself sound like a New York Jew. I'm an East Coast half Jew. So, um, um, you know, what are the what did what are some characters that you already have? Like, you know, bullies that I was bullied at school sucked, but I know how to do those like karate yeah. voices or girl. And she was like, basically, she was just covering up her insecurity about her teeth. So then that makes a great character. Right. So celebrity impressions that you do well or not well, like I had to be this like hilarious, like lesbian gym teacher. And they wanted some it was like either Austrian or Russians. It's like, I'm going to do Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I keep hearing like California when he was our governor. (laughs) So no one's going to know I'm doing a bad woman Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. Yes. So like, I love Goldie Hawn because her voice is so like, you know, and she doesn't really land her sentences. There's like no punctuation. So I, I did an audition for this show called Hubble Monsters. And I think Brenda Levin played that she, she and I were the moms, respectively, UK, US. So um, she needed to be a little dingy, but very grounded and very nurturing mom. So I just was called upon my, my list of people. So I just encourage all voice actors specifically to come up with this great list of people, accents, celebrities that you do well, you don't do well. And, and like make a hybrid of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I had to do this like sort of dingy mom, but I was like, she's very earthy. So I just kind of brought the volume down and just put some of that natural warmth in and just kept a smile on my face. And then that covered the dingy and the sort of, you know, the sort of crazy ideas that she has kind of, kind of dingy and then the warmth that she had. So I think it's really sort of having like this great list and then you have a go-to of voices, if you will, characters that are already inside of you. So you don't have to reach so far out and think like, oh, my God, I have to come up with this amazing voice. You probably got like some kid from school, you know, ex-boyfriends, girlfriends, in-laws, like they're all great people. It's like, you know, give you give give yourself full permission to draw upon the good and the bad and even the cadence of the way somebody speaks. Like, you know, how like Drew Barrymore has like an upswing and she has like a little forward sibilance in her voice. So when I was younger, I did like a voice match for her because it was more really getting the the cadence of her voice and like that kind of stuff. So. I love listening to people, probably to a point that I annoy them. It's like, stop listening to the way I talk. But I love love Rachel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. Without stressing my voice out. And never audition for something that you could not sustain. Yes. I have blown my cords out. That's not fun. So I'm a big Um, person about vocal hygiene, warming up and warming down. Yes. Which is so easy as like dancing around to like Stevie Wonder for five minutes, you know, listen to Queen and just like sing to Freddie Mercury. And then you're just empowered and feel phenomenal. And then sing afterwards because your voice needs to warm down. So I'm a big person about warming up and warming down for like even two minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Well, Laurie, it has been an absolute honor having you on the voiceover hour podcast. Um, How can people get in touch with you if they want to Get into your own social media. Oh, and- um, I think I have a lot of numbers involved with my social media. On Instagram, I think I'm Lori Talk Four. Yeah. On Twitter, I'm Lori Allen One. I don't know who Lori Allen was originally, and it's A L A N. And then, um, in the uh, for coaching, you can just email me at coachme at loriallen.com. Coach me at loriallen.com. And then my website is just fun, weird, miscellaneous, strange things. You can get me get find me for just if you want to if you're bored and want to look at stuff and and, and reach me coaching wise there too. 
fantastic wonderful well thank you so so much thank it's you, been Rachel. an honor and a pleasure talking to you and um yeah take care have a wonderful rest of your day and stay safe and stay safe thank everybody you. listening everyone um, listening stay safe stay healthy wear a mask vote the virus does not discriminate um it's not politicized it's just a fact so please take care especially heading into the winter months and if this is played later we will know that we all um we all can say we did our best yes We've survived. Know, during time. Yeah. We've survived. Yeah. So, yeah. I well, love you, dear friend. Thank you, you so much for having me. Yeah. Mwah. Mwah. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network with special sponsors Rode Microphones, Source Elements, Studio Bricks, and Focusrite. The Buzz magazine is actually the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. It's available globally, in print and online, and in English and Spanish. It's a quarterly magazine and it's filled with reviews, interviews, stories, up-to-date information. The Buzz magazine is a wonderful platform that builds bridges for voiceover communities around the world to come together to share relevant information. And I'm incredibly proud of it. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode where we bring you more behind the scenes stories in the voiceover industry. listening to a podcast company podcast. This was made by Podcast Syndicator, where we help you go from start to grow to making money with your podcast. Let us help you share your message and your voice with the world. Reach out now, Jason at podcastsyndicator.com or Brett at podcastsyndicator.com to find out more. Thank you for listening and do come back to hear nothing but the best podcasts.